0: This is the Hidden White Podcast, episode 642, an interview that I recorded with Sam Alabrando. It is a replay, guys, but I am sure if you haven't heard it already, you will enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome to this week's interview segments, guys. How are you going? Lee Marnutzi here. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a cracking day. Guys, today I'm bringing you another replay episode, actually, with Sam Alabrando. Two replays in two weeks. But guys, these are great interviews and that's why I'm bringing them back to you, um, recorded back in 2016. So in this conversation, I do speak with Dr. Labrando about his book, The Three Dimensions of Emotions, Finding the Balance of Power, Heart and Mindfulness. In all your relationships so it's really a compelling conversation about the three dimensions of the interpersonal world and how well we learn to navigate them directly corresponds to how well we live our lives belongingness relationships are integral to the fulfillment the meaning the happiness that we have in our lives Um, we, we talk about human reactivity and and really how human reactivity is the source of most of our interpersonal problems and pain these three dimensions that uh, Sam shares in this show introduces the concept of working the triangle, a unique practice that provides a compelling yet practical roadmap that can help you move from painful reactivity to productive proactivity in all your relationships in life. But I hope you enjoyed this replay. Let me know what you think. Jump on to the Hidden Wire podcast, uh, thehiddenwhy.com, sorry. It is episode 642. You can leave your thoughts in the comments there or reach me directly via... Uh, email or social media. Enjoy. See you soon. G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. My name's Lee Martinuzzi, and I'm pumped and excited today. I have a guest, Sam Alabrando. How are you, Sam? I'm well, thanks. Now, Sam, you are an organizational consultant, psychotherapist, author, workshop facilitator collaborative meditator and executive coach you've got a quite a variety of things that you're doing you must be a very busy man i'm tired even hearing that yes <laughs> a, yeah there's a lot in that now what give us a, a bit of context or, or maybe put more simply what do you do exactly sam well i, I i'm my training is as, as a psychologist okay so um
1: and i apply that psychology to all the things you just mentioned so Um, I uh, was trained as a a therapist initially and then one part of my internship and then eventually uh, my postdoc I ran an outpatient clinics out here in Pasadena California uh, for a university out here and I found when I was doing that the thing I really enjoyed was thinking about leadership and teamwork and such so I concurrently, through my career, have worked with uh, clinical clients, but have also done organizational consulting. And out of that, you often will do workshops, which I find to be uh, something that I enjoy doing quite a bit because of my personality. I I like that kind of engagement. Uh, I I love uh, teaching as part of who I am. Yeah. uh, that's why you got that list there. And then the one mediator piece was particular to people going through divorces right. because those times can be very, very difficult and very painful and people can be at their worst or their best, mostly their worst during a divorce. Hmm. Um, and so I, I found it, uh, meaningful to help people go through that very difficult process, um, and help them through that Oz, as I as I might say, have them go through that difficult place.
0: So is that so? You work in the group environments? Is as, as the workshop facilitator? Um, yeah. Which I assume is yeah quite enjoyable. I could I could see myself uh, enjoying something like that. Um, but then you also work with with people one on in, one in that divorce situation, or is that more sort of collaboratively with both well, couple?
1: The, the piece we did with that was working together collaboratively with lawyers. So the mm-hmm. mental health. Professionals would work collaboratively with lawyers. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, within the organizational piece, I, I also do executive coaching. I, in fact, I teach uh, executive coaching at a grad school out here in uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So,
0: very, very cool stuff. Very interesting. What? Um, you've been doing it for for some time now. Thirty five years. Is that right? Oh come on. Is now it? you're meddling. Hey.
1: That dates me, doesn't it? I, I started when I was ten. So. Uh, <laughs>
0: That date you. It's good to be dated. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, you've been no. practicing it for quite, quite a while anyway So and, and loving it. Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. You know, it's really a fortunate
1: thing. I, I consider myself very fortunate for anyone, you know, talking about passion and, and uh, happiness. Hmm. Uh, when you can find something that matches who you are, and it's really a, quite a nice thing. So I, I'm very, very fortunate that way.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, people do. People find their their passion. You know, as young as ten years old, <laughs> Sam. Um, <laughs> and quite fortunate to jump in that field. For a lot of us, we we don't. And you know, my personal story, which is um, what I share often in the show, is you know, I, I, I just jumped into life like everyone else does and followed the path that I thought I had to, and um, yeah. found myself in a place that was good. You know, I had everything I, I could want, I guess, but it um, wasn't quite fulfilled. And and then sort of went off that track and started walking my own path, and in that journey found more freedom, fulfilment, and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that's that's the thing. Like I talk to a lot of people on the show, and, and some of the people I talk to are forty or fifty, and they they've just had this major change and and walking you know a new path that's more aligned to the path that's you know true to themselves. Um, so yeah, good good for you to to find it early. Is there is there any sort of link there, like um, why you jumped into that field early on? Is is there a link to your childhood that sort of just made it make sense? Or
1: yeah, and by the way, I, I'm not sure if I found it early. I, I think I found it along the way. Along the way,
0: hmm.
1: uh, and I grew as a person. Uh, I, I found my niche more and more. So um, the the uh, as a young man, as a young, I'm sorry, as a young boy, I, I had my sights set as a uh, You could tell from my uh, last name, I come from an Italian heritage, and I was set to be uh, all set to be a priest until puberty hit, and then I changed my mind um, and decided to work with people in some form or fashion. But that's where the the uh, you know that's where the path was wide, and then it narrowed along the way. So uh kind of almost like the the next step took me in the same, in the direction i needed to go so
0: okay uh, so as a boy you sort of enjoyed you know working with people yes yeah yeah i've always been
1: i i was one of those uh kids that didn't get very many dates but all the girls would come to me and talk to me about the dates they were getting <laughs> uh, uh, i was the one that everyone came to talk to so it was it was destiny i suppose Oh, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it got better. Um well, at least you're talking to girls. I huh. I, I yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate your your empathy. That's uh, one of the that's one of the three dimensions, so
0: there you go. Okay, well let's um I wanna talk about um the journey first of all, because you you have the book called uh The Yellow Brick Road, which I'll be honest I haven't read. Um but I have read the um Outtake on and certainly sounds like something that would be Quite of interest to the audience. So, tell us about the yellow brick road and and what it what it's all about.
1: Sure, sure, happily. Um, I uh, the the book started first by the model that I've been working on for about thirty five years. Um, uh, when I was in in grad school, my first grad school experience. I was introduced to the work of a woman named Karen Horney and her book is called Our Inner Complex, which was written back in the 50s and is still in print today. So it's a testimony to her work. And in it, she says, when we get conflicted, we do one of three things. We move one of three ways. We either move against people, we move toward people or we move away from people. And I found that description of how we move very – compelling and very interesting. And so I started working with that idea uh, as a young therapist with my clients. And as I began to do workshops, I would bring it in in different ways. And then when I went to my doctoral program out here in California, I came across the work of a man named Wilford Bion. Wilford Bion is probably one of the greatest uh, psychoanalytic minds of the 20th century. And hardly anyone's ever heard of him, including most therapists and psychologists. But he, he Sorry, said what's something. What's his name again? Sam? Wilford Bion, B-I-O-N. Yeah, he's from, uh, from England. Yeah. Um, uh, but grew up in India and, and had that kind of influence, I, I, I gather. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said there's one of three ways we link or connect to other people. We either connect to others through what he called hate uh, or love, or through knowing. And I said, huh, I know somebody else who has three things. Wait a minute. Hate is very similar to moving against, which is Karen Horneye's term, and love is certainly similar to moving toward, and in order to know something, you have to move away. And that was the birth at that point of what I called the interpersonal triangle. Okay. And, and, and I said, huh, it, that's two people independent of each other came up with asking a different question, came up with the same three things. And I, I found that really interesting. And I built a whole model around this thing I call the interpersonal triangle yeah. and later becomes the three dimensions of the interpersonal world, which is the, the second book. But all this to say, I would work with this, I'd play with it, and, and then I would present it at workshops. And one, there was one day when I realized, isn't that something? Uh, Dorothy's three companions from The Wizard of Oz – actually represents each of the movements uh lion who wanted to be king of the forest is the power or the uh the moving against the tin man who wanted a heart and i believe if frank Baum wrote the book today tin man would have been a tin woman because it's the feminine side right of all of us not just women but men too But, but but he wanted a heart and i go oh that's moving toward or love and then Scarecrow wanted a brain. That's the knowing. That's beyond knowing. And so I said, "Isn't that interesting?" And I began to think of it as Dorothy's journey was the journey of her going into this place, and she had her 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 one of her uh, tasks in this journey was to integrate those three parts of herself. Mm. So I mentioned that one time in passing in a in a uh, workshop. And I usually get a couple people come up after I talk and ask a few questions. That day there there was a line of people, and all they wanted to talk about was The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Makes me want to go, What's it? There was someone in in the audience who was uh, – he was from the USC, uh, the the school here, um, and a consultant. And he says, you need to write a paper on it. And so I remember I was flying to New York um, thinking about this paper – and by the time I landed, I had a whole book in my head. And I said, what else about The Wizard of Oz? OK, so one, one piece was Dorothy as a young girl becoming a woman. She had to integrate those three parts of herself. And it's interesting enough, when we find Dar- uh, them in their originally when we find them, they're all in their negative position. Each one could be negative or positive. So here we have Lion, who's this nasty, brute, bully. And, mm. and by the end of the story, he found courage. And we have Tin Man who was immobilized. Those of us who are codependent or have a tendency to be codependent, we get immobilized. He was frozen. And by the end of the story, he's very compassionate. He's the one that kind of, uh, you know, uh, said, let's keep going. And he's the one who was doing it. We were doing this for Dorothy, right? And then Scarecrow was detached in this cornfield Uh, and wanted a brain and by the end he was the one who was doing all the knowing and the thinking so Dorothy by the end of her journey was successful in bringing those three parts of herself together in in a positive way so I said what else about the Wizard of Oz well we don't as adults we don't change readily we and I and I knew as a therapist already that most people don't change until something happens to them I said that's like Dorothy we don't change in Kansas we change in Oz. Uh, there's wow. an old, old um, idea uh, with the old psychoanalyst they said you have to make things in order for a person to change, they have to be there has to be disequilibrium. they have to be tilted. And I said, well, that's what Oz is. So in order for Dorothy to do her journey, she had to go from a place that she was familiar with to a place where she wasn't familiar. And, and then the uh, another principle was that we have to face our witches. Uh, those are the scary parts of ourselves that we don't want to face. And as long as we don't face them, they just get bigger and meaner. But when we finally do turn around and face them and we throw water on them, which I call consciousness, when we bring consciousness awesome. to, um, to the things that scare us and we face them, they melt. And then the other one um, – that I'm particularly fond of is the idea that we all have wizards in our heads. We have all these ideas of things that are going to make us happy and fulfill us. If my wife or my husband was only more like this, or if I had more money, if I only uh, blah, 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 all the if-onlys, and those are our wizards. Anybody who's addicted, that whatever they're addicted to is is what their wizard. So for an alcoholic, Jack Daniels is their wizard. And if you're a sex addict, masturbation or prostitutes are your wizard. These are the things we think are going to make us fulfilled or happy. And where, in fact, Dorothy had – a, and it was Toto who pulled back the uh, curtain and showed her that the wizard was just a fraud. And all of our wizards are frauds. And Dorothy had to do the journey herself. And that's what fulfills us. So that was one of the other principles. And the last principles, as much as we have to do the journey on our own, we can't do it alone. Hmm. we need sources so Dorothy needed the community of, of munchkins and she needed glinda the good witch who I call our mentors and toto's are our, our best friends and i refer to the 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 slippers or uh, um i guess they're ruby sli- i guess they're slippers in the book hmm. uh, or i get them confused uh one of them shoes one of them slippers the the uh, it, as long as she wore them, she was protected, and I, I call that our spirituality. So uh, this is all going through my head. Wow, flying through, <laughs> that's really in depth. <laughs> it must have happened over Kansas. So there you go. See, the book came together right over Kansas. But that's that's the, the kind of the flow of the book. It's about the journeys we, if we're going to take journeys, uh, and it's it's very interesting that um, that Joseph Campbell, who is known uh as a very very well-known mythologist he refers to the wizard of oz as one of the best examples of the hero's journey um uh, and yeah.
0: that you're listening in- to that book yeah
1: yeah okay and so you're in one place and then the hero journey you always have to go somewhere else and have, and you have to face certain tasks and challenges mm. to get through that. And, that and that's and that's what life is isn't it and at the other end, we get better Kansases. At the other end,
0: wow! So. Some um, some pretty yeah, pretty cool thought going on there, and how how it all relates to that movie. What, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I didn't give you much of a chance to talk there, did I? I don't okay. need to
0: talk with that sort of thought. That's um, that's awesome. It's um, there's plenty of talk in my head going <laughs> at the moment. So I um, yeah, really enjoy it. What um, what sort of stands out for me is is that that sort of need that we need for, for this journey, um, you know, for, for that experience to really open up and, and be had by each one of us individually is, I mean,
1: well, if I, if I might interject there, cause that's a really interesting and good point. Um, it's, it's it, the, I, I often compared the book, Frank Baum's book with the 1945, I think movie, hmm. uh, or 39, I'm sorry, 1939 movie. And the, in, in in this way in in the um, in the book uh, Dorothy was actually um, was she was thrown into Oz by the tornado and um, and in the in the movie, she wanted to go over the rainbow. And we we take journeys for different. Some of us take journeys because we choose to, and some of us take journeys because we get thrown into situations and we're going to sink or swim.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, so there's that force or that um, that choice.
1: Yes. Yes. And and anyone who gets thrown into it can, always has the choice of not doing the journey. Hmm. Uh, they they can drink. Or they can they can complain or uh all the stuff we do to avoid the what I call take exits out of Oz.
0: Okay. Uh, Are they the wizards? Are they different from the wizards that you sort of referred that, to?
1: That, it's interesting that you said that 'cause they, they I because Dorothy was going to use the wizard to get out of Oz, right? Yeah. Um so I think that's yeah, I wish I knew that. I would have put that in the book. Yes.
0: yes i believe because i think a lot of us you know choose to escape reality through those wizards, and that's by drinking or taking drugs or you know whatever you might do um i think tv is a good reason to to escape reality yep 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 um wow interesting stuff what i mean yeah that that path by choice or by force i guess um can happen to you do you think it happens to everyone, or do, do people just move through life and, and never get that sort of... I mean, I think we all face with that opportunity, but perhaps just don't realise it or, or certainly don't have that... Yeah, I guess don't realise it to actually go on to it. Um, you know, I can relate a an experience in my life where it was sort of by force that it happened, and it put me on this path, um, and that was a, you know, transformational path that was sort of like this journey where I'm now, um, you know, been able to face um you know my my negative side my fears things like that and sort of figure things out and and just work through that process and in that process um there's been that sort of fulfillment for me there's been that happiness and that that sense of freedom um is that the same for everyone does everyone get this opportunity in your experience or is it only for some of us that are fortunate enough to be pushed into it
1: great question i i i think the answer is yes um i i, I the, the the thing that comes to my mind, I, I remember working with this, this woman, and she told me a story about her mother. Um, her father her, – her mother um, – the, the, the father died. Her husband died. Um, the next day, she called Goodwill. They came that day. They picked up all his stuff, and she never talked about her husband again for mm-hmm. two years. Oh. All right. Now – you could say she's a very stable person and people in the community would have said that, uh, it was a very high, uh, highly noticeable professional. Um, and you could say, boy, what a great adjustment. I I would say that's a person who escaped Oz. It, it, you can't, every, I believe everyone, uh, has those types of things. How can you live on earth and not have to deal with, with challenges? Now, some of us have more than others. um, but I think no one escapes it. It's all how we respond to it. And some people can look like they don't ever have any, but that's because their defenses and their ability to uh, avoid and deny is so good. And and then there's people, might I presume, like us and probably most of the listeners who are more – they they they'll go into a tough situation and but they'll try to they'll be like Dorothy and try to want to work through it with some kind of integrity and after a while even uh, you know be seekers of that right so I believe that um, we all no no human being who lives on Earth for very long isn't going to have those kind of challenges right uh, even as children we have them but if we if we're fortunate enough to have healthy parents they they become our glinda they they kind of walk us through those types of issues they don't rescue us uh from those issues as to, uh, up to our ability but they they kind of are there for us and that that gives us a better chance when we're when we're adults we we build the tools earlier and if we don't we have to pay a therapist or or uh, read books that's and, interesting actually
0: cuz i think um yeah, you're absolutely right. Like our parents, uh, you know, are there for that reason to, to help us on that journey and help us, you know, figure those things out. But I think, um, you know, in our younger years, that's more relevant than perhaps our teen years because in our teen years, we, I don't know, for me personally, want to, you know, sort of break free and, and find that independence because um, sure. that's just a teenager sort of thing to do, find our own position and, and who we are. But I think our, our school system doesn't really teach how to deal with those things, and then we're suddenly found in the adulthood and and not being able to manage them, and that's when people go through a lot of depression and struggle yep. and pain, and um, you know really don't have the tools to deal with with all that yeah. stuff.
1: Yep, I, I think you're you know the that adolescence we're pretty clear about that as a transition time. Yeah. Uh, of 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 uh, leaving mom and dad, and if we have some internal tools we're going to do that in a much more uh healthy way it'll 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 still be uh, um, upheaval because it has to be yeah you know talk about oz adolescence is one big oz right Mm. i find it fascinating that frank Baum's dorothy was a teenager uh she was a young she was i think she was 12 years old and i believe it was her journey through adolescence is what it was depicting yeah okay. of, Interesting. of becoming an independent person mm. um, and how well we do that sets the course in so many ways but once again the the, the nice new, the good news of course and the and the and the neuro, nor, neuro neurologists and neuropsychologists now have the term that our brain is 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 um uh what's the word i i, I lost the word plasticity uh, plastic is mm. that what you said yeah the word is plat- it means it's it's it can still change. We don't change as readily, but even as adults we can still change and, and that's why we can keep doing the journey. Uh I, I have one clinical client who's who's in his eighties. He's still
0: doing the journey. Hmm. I, I just I feel and and maybe you could back me on this, but I feel a lot of these um you know, like you're talking the the three dimensions could be taught um to teenagers yeah, at school, um, a lot more thoroughly as well, to help us deal with these changes that we face. Um, well, because, because I think we're not really taught the tools, are we? It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, we we know by the
1: time we get out of high school, we know a lot more about math than we do about how to have a civilized disagreement. Hmm. Uh, or or how to ask for help, or how to be uh, congruent with our emotions Uh or lead a, lead a team or, you know, leadership skills. So you're right. You're, you're dead on in terms of what we teach uh, are, the, are the easy things like math, although some people wouldn't say that. But, um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I get it. We certainly, um, you know, we, we, yeah, it's sort of And but maybe it's because of the people that teach us. Even our parents at that stage, you know, are helpless. They don't know how they can, you know, help people at that age. Um, you know, learn these lessons that are, are probably very useful. Um, well, well, think about it. When's the
1: last time you used calculus uh, versus the last time you, need to, you needed uh, help having an argument with your, your spouse or your partner or helping one of your kids uh, if your kids are triggering you? Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, that just goes to your point about what what are the six – the skills you the skills of for successful living
0: um Mm. so yeah it's more of an internal journey um than anything isn't it and and everything like externally like calculus we can learn and and get grips on but if you're not internally um in control or balance it's it's much more challenging to do that i um anyway look i love i love that story i think it's fantastic follow the yellow brick road guys if you uh yeah, if it sounds familiar familiar to you or interesting to you, then yeah, pick up a copy of that book. I'll, I'll stick it in the show notes. Let's get into your three dimensions. Now, you've just written this book and um, launched it this year, um, which is called "The Three Dimensions of Emotions: Finding the Balance of Power, Heart, and Mindfulness in All Your Relationships." So, I'm assuming those are the three dimensions: power, heart, and mindfulness. Exactly. Yep. Okay.
1: The, so- the, the I, I changed the words a little bit to make them more digestible or, or identifiable the, the moving against is the power we all we all have a need for a sense of agency where we can have control over our life like like lion wanted to be king of the forest and like i say sometimes that sometimes uh i, I want to control everybody else's uh forest too and or I have no control of my own forest, and i i, I always yield to the the highest bidder, so to speak, so that that dimension has to do with our ability to control things for ourselves and and for those we love or identify with And, the, control, um, yeah. and then the heart dimension is the moving toward dimension the the tin man and and then the um, the moving away dimension, I use the term that's become very, very popular these days, and 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 I'm so glad it is is the idea of mindfulness which is a form of knowing and that's the moving away part that's where we can take a step back and and be the observer um in the calm in a calm space be the observer so yes you're the, the those three are the three dimensions that i that i was referring to earlier in the wizard of oz book
0: yeah cool uh, <laughs> i like them um so let's talk about them, because you said also that you know they can have their negative and positive sort of forms, um, each one of those. So let's just talk about them individually, if that's okay. And I don't want to give too much away of your book, so guys, um, go out there and get a copy of this book, The Three Dimensions of Emotions. I'll, I'll stick the links in the show notes for you as well. Uh, but Sam, what what is power? So you talk about control. What is the negative and, and positive sides of, of power?
1: Well... The, the positive is what I mentioned earlier, which is that self-confidence. It's the ability to take on challenges. Yep. It's it's being able to get what you need. Uh, so if I if asking my boss for a raise is going to be a, a a power dimension uh, venture, uh, the negative, uh, where you get the negative energy instead of the positive energy, is being a bully. It's it's being arrogant. Um, it's, it's all the isms, the racism, the sexism, the ageism, where we, uh, the, the power dimension is based on, on, um, not convergence, but divergence. It emphasizes how we're different. So, uh, so all of the racisms, I, I wrote a blog article recently because, uh, as some of your, um, uh, audience may, who are familiar with what's going on in the U S there's a lot of racism going on, particularly in the police force. And I'm, uh, and I was suggesting that racism is an unfortunate part of being human being. It's wired into our brain, um, so that would be one of the negatives of of power. Hmm. Uh, so heart is obvious. Heart is caring for other people and love, and it's empathy. Uh, you you were empathic earlier. Uh, it's that ability to be able to see somebody else. It's it's about joining. The part of us that wants to belong is all about is is in that space, is in the uh, the heart space. It's the part of us that wants to join groups and be part of something. The negative part is where we we defer too much. It's it the, the people who suffer from depression are gonna have that's gonna be a a. a a heart space issue where we defer to other people. Uh, for, if you remember the three ways an organism protects itself, um, if you remember from biology: fight, flight, freeze, and appease. Oh, yeah. Right? Fight's going to be the power dimension. Flight's going to be the away dimension. Um, and freeze and appease is is the um, is the heart dimension. I always tell the story, and it's in the book. Of our little dog Mona, who's about 20 pounds, and her best girlfriend across the street was about 45 pounds, and it wouldn't be uncommon to see Mona go on her back and expose her her stomach to the other dog just to say, "Hey, I am not going to give you any trouble."
0: Ah, um, yes, you see that often, don't you? Yeah,
1: and that that is a that is a. Uh, um, a submissive type of thing, mm. and sometimes that's a healthy thing we have to know when to give up um, but other times some people give up too soon and that would be a negative, uh, negative. part that the, all all codependency uh, would be under that um, that and to some extent dependencies uh, things would become dependent when we become overly dependent yeah right? And then, and then, moving away uh, the knowing dimension, the moving away dimension is that ability that that almost uh, uniquely human ability to step back and look at things from the outside. It's 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 the part of us that c- can regulate and control ourselves, uh, and so that's the positive dimension. The negative dimension of that is detachment, disinterest. People who cut off their emotions, people who avoid uh, conflict that they need to—they need to deal with. Uh, um, uh, we all have stories, don't we? Have times we have to talk to someone, um, and that's—it's going to be a hard or scary conversation. Uh, and some people will cut off and just avoid, and that would be a, a negative version. Uh, and the thing that I. I Sometimes it's not always easy. I, I, I often say, you know, if 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 I go up, if I'm standing there and I just clobber the person right in front of me and knock them on my butt, <laughs> uh, would that be a positive or negative power? Um, uh, and I, I don't know if uh, um, and um, most of the time that would be negative. But if I'm a football player American football player—that would be a good hit, right? right. Uh, or if someone's going to depends hurt, on the
0: context, yeah.
1: If someone, yeah, right. If someone's going to hurt my child, and I have to use force, right? It, we have those kind of—I would call that a positive. But the, the the key, I think, is the energy. What kind of energy does does any of those three create? If it creates positive energy, then it's most likely a positive form of it. And if it creates heavy negative energy it's going to be one of the other three uh the the, the negative three um if if your audience is interested i i have an assessment that i have on my website which maybe we can put up later yeah uh they're welcome it's it's there for free and they can go in and take it and and see uh how they show up in the in the in the in the three dimensions
0: oh cool okay so that's at the um at the website i'll just give that now sam so the website is apc3.com so the the numeral 3
1: oh actually actually it's not oh, that's
0: that's my business one right. it's uh,
1: may i uh, may i yeah yeah absolutely it's uh www.power-heart-knowing.com i'm sorry i, I did it wrong um, it's Mindfulness. it's it's uh, power-heart-mindfulness.com uh-huh.
0: All right, guys. So check that out. That's cool. Um, yeah, free little gift there from Sam. That um, yeah, something I'm going to try and jump onto at some stage as well. Check that out. What um, Sam, with the the power, heart, and mindfulness, uh, are we sort of typically drawn towards one or sway towards one um, more heavily over the other as as sort of as I don't know how I'm trying to word this, but as a, I guess from an early age, are we sort of swayed one way or the other more heavily than other people? So we're all sort of different in our balance there.
1: Good, good question. Uh, the The model is is meant to be a descriptive model. It, it's meant to be a describing how we behave. Um. Uh, but it's but yours is a question of personality, and. Uh, because personality has some kind of consistency and predictability, right over time. Uh, I may be this way one on Tuesday and completely different person than than than. Uh, uh, there's something wrong. We we are usually consistent. Um, so the the answer to your question is mostly yes, but qualified no. Meaning, and any of us who have had kids. Uh, if you had more than one – I always – I love asking this question to somebody. They have three kids. I go, they have – all three have the same personality, right? Because they all three came from the same family and they all three came from the the same environment. And people always look at you like, no, they're they're three very different people.
0: Hmm, absolutely.
1: Uh, hmm. And, and I, I believe we have dispositions and uh, uh, or what we call in the biz temperaments that we're born with. And there's just some kids who are just a little bit more aggressive and, and positive, perhaps cocky, and there's other kids who are a little bit more shy and uh, they like to live in their head more. And there's other kids who are very very caregiving and and very uh, loving, right? So I, I think we're born with uh, proclivities, but the uh, but the qualifiers is, is is that I think we also can be different with different people in different contexts. So, um, I, I am more probably moving toward, uh, by nature. Um, but when I get around my wife, I become more moving against because she's very moving toward. And so I kind of fill in that spot, um, so we, we can be different with different people uh, and there's also things like I may be different with a boss because they can fire me or give me a raise than I might be with an employee or uh, – uh, so we we kind of uh, – as much as we have temperaments, we also shift around a little bit depending on what the context is.
0: Yeah, absolutely, which makes sense. Um yeah. Okay. Interesting. You, I mean, these three dimensions. I mean, they're really to help us understand our behavior. Is that is that right?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. It, I think it's the one. One of the things I found very valuable for it is it was such a great way to describe behavior. Hmm. Uh, but here's the thing, and and, and this is a, a segue, perhaps, to something I wanted to mention uh, yep. from your this question. Um, is but it's also a roadmap on how to, to Get ourselves back in the balance and/or develop. And I I, I call that because the problem with with is that we become out of balance. And when we come out of balance, we go into the negative parts of of the dimensions. Uh, so, no, for, example,
0: mm. for example,
1: for example, we we one of these children right uh, might be uh, have a little more uh, testosterone and maybe a little more aggressive and um, and they might become too a bit too aggressive and they might start using that to bully kids and get their way. Well, the the premise of the book is this. It's not the, it's not what we're doing that's negative that's important. It's what we're not doing that's positive. Let me say it again. It's not what we're doing that's negative that's important. It's what we're not doing that's positive. So, with that kind of kid who could become a bully, um, that what's he what he needs help with, or she needs help with, is not being less bully. It's being more caring, hmm. or or learning how more to be more scarecrow, right. uh, which is about measuring and self control. Scarecrow is all about uh, controlling your feelings and and uh, so so uh, as a teacher or as a parent, we're going to help that person learn more empathy. How do you think, how do you think Mary felt when you said that to her and you're starting to build empathy or, uh, or you asked them to take the 10 count. So you start to build the other two dimensions and then they come in the balance and then their, their uh, aggression can be used for good at that point. Mm. to become leaders uh, and and things like that, or they can be uh, be confident in maybe in uh, in their on a sports event or something like that, or take risks uh, that. Um, so it's and that's the whole part of the book. I go into a lot of detail about how do we bring ourselves back in the balance when we get out of balance, mm-hmm.
0: and all of, all of us do yeah yeah I, I just um, and I was about to ask how how each of them link and complement each other, um, which obviously they do, um, which makes sense if it's a triangle.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What exactly. Um, I mean in, the, in the, the current world we live, this is just analyzing this model in my head at the moment, but I feel like humanity has, has really thrown this truck because I think it relates to society as we live and how we behave as a collaborative sort of group. But I think we've sort of taken this shift towards that power, and and so much towards it that it's, it's almost in a negative way. And I think now there's a shift uh, and an awareness that we need that heart and mindfulness in our life. And and I think there's that there's a sort of um, observable shift going back towards you know more heart and mindfulness activities and practices, and certainly trying to bring that up more as well to bring balance back to that power. Because I think. And I just look at the individual going into a corporate arena, you know, we have that power, we want control, we want, um, you know, that sense of freedom. So we want the better job, the more money, etc, etc. But doing that, we can actually lose connection with what it means to truly have that heart and mindfulness and, and also lose connection with what it means to live life as well, I think.
1: Absolutely. It's interesting because of the work I do in organizational consulting, uh, that very thing is what they're discovering that the top-down authority piece only gets you so far and, and how to bring that balance uh, to, uh, to the uh, leadership and then to the employees. Mm. Um, uh, um, next week, I'm, I'm going to do a, a, a workshop on developing emotional intelligence – or a Fortune 100 company, for that very, very reason, they they want to bring that kind of balance to the culture and and to the leadership. Yeah. Um, and, and and just to show you what you're talking about, I, I, my my daughter, who is in her early 20s, uh, is always correcting me around politically correct things because that the generation that's coming up now has been very, very oriented towards inclusion. Right, uh, where I think the the cohort I grew up in was about competition and uh, making it and who's the strongest uh, and and this next cohort coming up they're they're way more conscious about uh, including people and not discriminating and then this whole movement of mindfulness the mindfulness movement I think is also speaks to what you were saying about that correction to power right mm. Well, just, yeah,
0: For the individual listening out there, I think that I mean, it's such an important conversation, and I think this, this triangle is really useful. Um, because putting that mindfulness back into your life will just help you sort of reflect on you know maybe what's important a bit more as well, and then you know take that journey with a bit more ease, even though it's always going to be yeah. struggle, I guess. But yeah,
1: that's a great point because I think that, that mindfulness does de-escalate right we can take life just too damn serious and or you can get into that weighty place and that mindfulness is taking a step out of the uh, and and just kind of looking at it in a neutral way uh and that can lighten
0: yeah is,
1: is it really that important <laughs> Yeah, yeah don't, don't sweat the small stuff
0: and I like I mean you, you had you know the mindfulness is knowing but to me sometimes knowing people might just think oh that's information you know having that knowledge which I think is probably more relative to power I mean knowledge is can be used for that sort of power sense you know it makes you feel more confident that you know more and then, therefore, are more in control. Whereas mindfulness is more internal sort of knowledge, isn't it? More that yeah. awareness piece.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's about awareness, consciousness. Those are the words in the, in chapter. I, I get the chance in this book to talk about each movement in one chapter. I dedicate to each each dimension. Okay. Um, and so my my sixth chapter is my most favorite chapter because it's on mindfulness, and um, it's is the words exchange interchange with things like awareness or consciousness stillness uh space those are kind of some of the ideas that go with that mindfulness as opposed to knowledge uh iq is not eq as as i might say
0: yeah i like it a um my lovely lovely uh what do we call it sorry (laughs) the three dimensions the triangle I love, I love it. I think it's it's really powerful. I think this powerful uh, this conversation is powerful as well, to sort of help people just reflect uh, inwardly in their own life and and what they're doing. And you know, I guess that they're not at that point yet to sort of jump in that tornado and and have that shift in location so they can actually start going through this journey. Um, or if they're walking there already, then you know, just to use these as as tools to better understand that journey. What, um, just before I want to jump into these questions, Sam, so we can wrap up the conversation, but what are the, just have you got one or two sort of practices that we can use to help, uh, better connect with each of these three dimensions? Yeah. It, it,
1: it, yeah.
0: What would the practices
1: be? I mean, there are very particular practices for each, each movement. And I go over them in, in the, uh, the book. Um, for example, uh, the, uh, a a practice it is yeah let me give you this one because uh the the what makes the work of this hard is because in the moment we we automatically go to autopilot we go whatever is we are preconditioned to do and for some people that's that's in the power dimension so they they take control uh if, if they get threatened they start um they start tweeting you so to speak if you look at donald trump uh whenever he gets offended he just comes right back at you right and that's a very moving against tactic yep
0: um
1: and and we do those kind of things instinctively if we're more inclined to be in the blue uh the moving away uh we never talked about colors did we i I label each of them with a color but that's uh they can read about that um uh, but if we go into the, the people who fall in imbalance in, in the heart dimension, uh, they're automatically just going to defer to people and and agree, be oh, super agreeable and and uh, let. So we go to these places automatically. Yeah. And and they're they are what we call limbic. Limbic is the emotional part of the brain, and we add a, we learn these things. The brain encodes them. Our temperament kind of biases us and then these things are done like reflex i I call them reactivities yeah and want to move from reactivity to responsibility the ability to respond um and very often when it's happening in the moment it's we can't do it we've already in that mode so i i recommend for people after an incident you go oh my god i can't believe i did that uh i worked with this woman uh who is uh she was a powerhouse. She was, she was a lioness, and we were working on a an, um, on a consulting job together. And I would go into meetings with her with my ideas about what I think's going on and what we should do. And I would always leave with her ideas about what's going on and her ideas about what we should do. And I would walk out of those meetings and go, "What the heck just happened?" Uh, I, I just kind of deferred completely to her. Hmm. So recommend to, to people is. If that happens, go in uh, intentional. I, I love the phrase conscious and intentional. Yeah. For things that we're not as natural at, go in conscious of that and then be intentional. For her, for me, I had to go in and be more moving against. And I said every time she says something, I'm going to go back to my bullet point. I'm going to do a broken record technique. So. Uh, and when I did, and I started doing that, we started to actually have a real conversation uh, for the first time ever. So I, I recommend people that you, if you if you get imbalanced in the middle of something, forgive yourself, but go back next time thinking, okay, I, I caved in. I, it was too hard. I need to go in more against, or I lost my cool. I need to go in t- with this person. I need to be more, more moving away. I have to be more scarecrow. Hmm. So that's, that would be a good thing I'd recommend for people
0: absolutely and and you, you raise a good point. I will jump into these questions, but the whole idea of, of our reactivity and you say this in sort of the little brief of your of your book but we we often too often react to situations and our uh, well our personal situations, and that causes more suffering than pain um, if we would only respond. Um, rather than always react, and you know, obviously, it's easier said than done. But yeah, as you said, then if you react and then reflect on that, and sort of analyse how you could approach it better next time, is, is certainly a way to improve. So um, I like that, Sam. Hey, uh, can we we jump in these other questions, Sam? Are you still with me? Yep, I'm here. Sorry. Um, so Sam, I've got a couple of questions to ask you, and I've just lost where they are. But here we go. Have you got any routines or rituals, Sam, that you believe contribute to your success?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I, every day, uh, more than once a day sometimes, but certainly I try to do it at night if I don't fall asleep, but in the morning yeah. I, I have what I would call prayerful affirmations. Okay. Where, where I will just make an affirmative statement about, you know, my f- health of my family or the uh, the – The one that I do a lot is an affirmation around stillness because um, one of my biggest issues is learning how to be more moving away, how to be more mindful. Um, I inherited, I think, some, uh, uh, as my grandmother would call it, agita Agita. Uh, in Italian. Yes, agita means upset, uh, nervousness, right? Uh, and, and, And so I'll give affirmations about uh, about stillness and peace, right? So that so I, I try to start days with prayer. What I call prayer prayerful affirmations, and, okay. I, and I think that's really made a difference in the
0: trajectory of my life. Yeah. Okay. Great. And what advice would you give to your twenty year old self?
1: Uh, buy Apple stock. <laughs> 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 I i uh, <laughs> I almost bought Apple stock and a, a friend of mine who's an investment banker told me not to do it. And boy, we laugh about it all the time now. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, I could tend to be a bit of a workaholic. So I would have told my 20-year-old self, have fun more, work, get that work-life balance down earlier than later. Uh, and so just to, uh, to really – and know that everything we do – I took a trip – in my 20s to Europe and, and, and with a backpack uh, like some of us have done and I can't I don't think there's a week goes by where I don't live that experience in some form or fashion um, so you know do do life now is what I would tell him. Do life now awesome.
0: The message I love to share <laughs> so, um, what is your meaning of success?
1: This I may have the word wrong, Dharma. Uh Uh, I looked up Dharma one time and I I found so many different definitions that I had the freedom to make it whatever I want. But for me, Dharma means design. Who did God or the universe make me to be? And if I, to the degree I can approximate that authentically, then that's to me is success. I mentioned earlier, I I think I'm, uh, there's a part of me that's a teacher. So if, if I have a chance to teach and and uh, then then I'm being successful yeah uh, if if I have a chance to have a few people that I really care about and I care about them well then I'm successful mm. uh, so it's doing me well is, is 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 my idea of success
0: yeah I like that definition i um, it's yeah it's very unique I haven't really had that precisely on the show so yeah certainly um I like it. Cool. Uh, what, what, have you got a piece of productivity advice that you could share with the audience about being more effective in life?
1: Not just the audience, but myself. And mm-hmm. as if
0: you have to do it, do it now. Do it now.
1: Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, I, I find that sometimes I'll just put things aside and if you can do it now, do it now. And then you, you get more proficient. Get moving on.
0: Yeah. Uh, so looking at, at people out there that might be listening to the show or anyone for that matter that is, you know, needing or wanting to make some change, what advice would you give them to start that process?
1: It, I, I remember um, having a friend who, um, for his 40th or 50th birthday, decided to jump out of an airplane with a, with a parachute, mind you. Um, uh and you know how you, you go up in these planes, and it's something that I have no interest in doing. But the thing that was fascinating to me was, he said, the, the instructor, I said, what did the instructor do? He says, all he said was, arch your back and jump. And I said, wow, that's, what, that's how we should do life, <laughs> to arch our back and jump. So when we're, when we're up against something, if we have the clarity about the change, and we have some passion and conviction about it, uh, but we can feel the resistance, because almost always we do, uh, arch your back and jump. And, and as one friend says, make the parachute on the way down. Um, so that would be my advice to uh, if you want to make a change.
0: Yeah, very cool. And lots of, lots of depth in that too, actually, I could go into, but I won't, I'll resist the urge. Um, what is your favorite food? I'm Italian. Pasta. Pasta. Have you got a favorite leisure activity?
1: Um, I work too much. Uh, playing the piano and singing Beatle tunes is comes to my mind. Like Any it. kind of travel. I love traveling. I love being in different places. So those would be two activities.
0: Okay. And have you got a favorite book that you could recommend for the audience?
1: For fun, I love the Harry Potter series. Uh, I and and the book for me that that's been really important lately is it's not just the book but it's the whole works of uh, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: particularly his uh, The New Earth. Um, so
0: that's yes. that's that's an important book for me. It's um, thick reading, really, isn't it? It's, it's very yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. Have you got a quote or a favorite quote?
1: I have many, but the one that I like is if, if it doesn't hurt to ask. Uh, it, we, we, we bought our house at a very low amount of money because the per- we found out he wanted to sell fast. So I went in and asked for a, a what we could afford, and he gave it to us. And I, ever since then, I go, huh, it doesn't hurt to ask.
0: So yeah. there you go. Um, did you buy that yourself or with an agent? What's that? The house.
1: Uh, with our, ourself at first, and then we brought an agent on. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Just, I'm interested in that. <laughs> it sort of works differently <laughs> uh, from where I am. Uh, what is the definition of living life with passion and purpose, or what does that mean to you? Energy.
1: I, I have a um, here's a, this. Probably would have been a, another quote. Follow the energy. In fact, if I can change my answer, I would change it to that for the quote follow the energy Uh, i the body doesn't lie what we 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 know is that the body knows truth about who we are and, and and about things way before we do there's some fantastic experiments which i know we don't have time to talk about but um but the body doesn't lie so follow the energy if 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 someone says, "Hey, do you want to go to happy hour?" and your energy says no, then don't go. And if your energy says yes, go. It, the the body doesn't lie. Follow the energy is is a is a, and that's where the passion is too.
0: Hmm, so. I like it. Yes, it's fantastic. And I mean, that's negative or positive energies, and really, like if it's yep. if it's not feeling good, then don't do it. If it feels good, then do it. Yeah. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of I mean like intuitive or intuitive messages yep. that we can we can take to.
1: Now, granted, we can all trick ourselves, mind you, with with that qualifier. Otherwise, if it's true,
0: follow the energy. It's easy. So easy for the mind to trick ourselves, isn't it? (laughs) I deal with it all the time and it just goes, what? How do I do it? Um, Exactly. But I like it. Okay, this is really cool. I love this conversation. Do you think we all have a a why, Sam?
1: I I hope so. I I think there are some people who go through life unconscious. uh, and That's probably the saddest people of all. But yeah. people, I think, who, who are always asking that kind of question and wondering, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's what you mean, but that's how I took it. To yeah, yeah, me. absolutely.
0: So, I mean, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head, I think, is, you know, that we, we do all have a why, but if you go through life unconsciously, um, you may never get to realize that or connect with it um, as deeply as perhaps you could. And um, What did you say before? Just about, you know, oh, yeah, Dharma, you know, the the, yeah. the meaning of success is really you know delving into that who are you and and living to your potential yep um and,
1: and so. the energy will tell you it will, will guide you right your your own energy hmm. uh, depend on your view of God, God will guide you or your own energy
0: will guide you uh,
1: but uh, but whatever the yeah. energy's good.
0: Yeah. I like it. No, great conversation, guys. Um, reach out to Sam. Thank him for coming on the show. Sam, is there, the what's the best way to reach you? Are your websites? Probably the website's the easiest to remember.
1: Um, uh, if you if you if you if you Google Sam Ali Brando, you're likely to get my cousin, who's oh, really? named Ali Brando, and he's also an author. Uh, he's written a book on creationism, and I haven't. And I'm better looking than him. Uh but uh <laughs> but um uh probably if, if people can remember the www the uh, power, hyphen, heart, hyphen, mindfulness dot com or or if you can get past my cousin, uh there's not too many Sam Alabrandos other than my cousin and I.
0: Yeah, I think I found you pretty easy. I Google search and found your page um, pretty much at the top there without stumbling across your cousin, as far as I'm aware, unless I think I'm talking to the different person. <laughs> well, person, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, cool, Sam. Look, I'll stick all those links in the show notes anyway, guys. So if you're um, out and about right now and and uh, don't have the capacity to remember that, the the links will be in the show notes and also the links to the books too, Sam. So, um, yeah, guys, pick up, pick up a copy of those books. They certainly sound like an interesting read. I love this um, these three dimensions. I think they're powerful and certainly could be useful in, in helping us assess our behaviors better and really using that then to direct you know direct our life in a more meaningful direction. So, Sam, thank you for taking the time out and coming on the show. It was my pleasure. I, uh, it was very fun talking with you. I can, I
1: can, I can sense your energy and your depth, and I, uh, I really,
0: really enjoyed it. Yeah, my, likewise, mate. I've, I've loved it. So what a way to start my day. It's it's quite early here. I it's sort of middle of the day for you, but I, I, I do like waking up and starting the day with such great thoughts. Uh, um, appreciate that, guys. Make sure you check out the show notes. Jump onto thehiddenwire.com. Reach out to Sam. Thank you for coming on the show. And until next time, peace, passion, and hope.